Amen. It sure is good to be in the house of the Lord this evening. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter number 9, verse number 35, as we'll begin our reading yet. I'm going to preach a message by God's grace and with God's help that I'm very, very nervous to preach. I've really never preached a message in this way. I've never even prepared a message in this way, but God continued to deal with my heart with the subject of missions. And when I opened up, when I told you the, the chapter to turn to, you automatically thought of the Great Commission. But I want to preach to you this evening about the Great Commission and the mission of missions. What is the mission of missions? Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse number 35. Before we begin reading, I do want to tell uh, Brother Gravity, I know he's not here, but I want to tell him thank you for the great honor and privilege that it is to stand behind the sacred desk for one more time. Thank the Lord for calling me to preach. Thank the Lord for saving my soul. Brother, brother I, don't thank, I thank the Lord for putting me in the family of God. I'm so unworthy to be in the family of God, but I praise the Lord He come by my way at seven years old and saved my unworthy soul. Amen. And I don't want to take it for granted. don't want to take it lightly. But Matthew chapter 9, begin our reading in verse number 35. If you're well and able, stand. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. And I'm glad we're standing for the King James Bible. There is no, there is no uh, confusion in here. We stand for the King James Bible. And starting in verse number 35, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of, every, of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I need you. God, I pray that you please God, give me the words to say. Give them the ears to listen and the hearts to receive. God, I pray that you please, Lord God. God, let your word move in free course in here. God, I pray that you please, God, speak to the heart and lives of your people, God. And I thank you, Lord God. I pray that you please, God, let us leave challenge, God, from your word, God. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. You can be seated. But when you come to Matthew chapter number 9, it's very familiar passage of Scripture if you've been in church any time and read your Bible of any length of time. Matthew chapter 9 is the Great Commission. But I want to begin our, 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 uh, our message in the verses in the Great Commission. In the Great Commission, we need three things. We need Christ, number one. We cannot do anything without Christ. If you can try your methods, you can try how you want to do it, but it's not going to work. We've got to have Christ and leading us and guiding us in the place of missions. We find it in John chapter number 15, verse number 5. It says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. So we can do nothing without our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like I said, you can try to do it your way. You won't make it very far doing it your way. It's got to be done by God's way. You says, but I, I've been trying to, to witness at a certain place. I've been trying to witness to my coworkers, and I've been trying to do it my way. Well, stop doing it your way. And do it God's way. And God will bless it. And he'll, uh, he'll show the sinner that they are in need of salvation. But when you try it your way, they're going to get sick of it. And God's going to get sick of it because he wants to do it his way. He just commands you to go. But we see that we need Christ. And we need a co-laborer, number two. You're not Superman. You can't do it by yourself. You need a co-laborer. In Mark chapter number 6, verse number 7, And he called unto the twelve and began to send them forth, 
by two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits. We live in a day and time to where we are sending one missionary, and I, I praise God for the one missionary, but if we want to do it the biblical way, we need to send two missionaries out. We need to send them two by two because I'm telling you, in this dark day and time, we need to have each other. I mean, we are living in, a, in an ungodly world and an ungodly day, and we need to have soldiers. We need to have our, our fellow comrades in the foxholes with us, as they may say, fighting with us. If we're doing it by ourselves, then I'm telling you, we're not going to get much done. But if we have two by two going, and I'm telling you, well, I love, I know who I'm speaking to, Bible Baptist Church is a mission-minded church. I love Bible Baptist Church. And you're doing a great job, but when it comes to the Great Commission, you need to have some co-labors. You can't, you may have the attitude, well, I just don't need nobody, I can do it by myself. Well, I'll tell you, friend, you ain't going to last long. You'll get down and depressed and discouraged, and you'll want to quit. But when you've got somebody, and I know we always say, the Lord is all that I need, and He is all that I need. But Brother Brian, I can't see the Lord. I need, I need God's fellow people. I need my brothers and my sisters in the fight. We need to have each other's back. But we see that we need Christ. We need co-laborers, but we need compassion. We live in a day and time where we, we don't have much compassion on people. And I'm telling you, I worked in retail for two years at Walmart, and there's some times, Brother Wilson, that I didn't have compassion for too many people. I mean, you had some people coming there and fussing at you and, and saying some ungodly words at you, and all you got to do is just stand back and take it because you know if you say something, you're about to get fired. So there's some times, Brother Brian, that I just really didn't have compassion on people. But then there comes a time when you read your Bible, and Jesus said, and he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. I'm telling you, we live in a day and time where there's not compassion for a whole lot of people. Friend, there is lost and dying people on the streets today. You ain't got to go to some foreign field. You just got to go out of the church and look, and you can see there are lost souls dying and going to hell. And we always say, I believe in hell, and I do too. But do we really, Brother Brian? If we really believed in it, we would go tell people about Jesus and about the way that you don't have to go to hell. If we really believed in it, we'd witness more. If we really, really believed in it, we would do our part in the Great Commission. But we're failing in it, and I'm putting myself in it too. I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching with you. I put myself in it too, Brother Laddie. When you walk past somebody, and I know we can't witness to every person we see, I understand that. But I'm telling you, we've got to be a light because this world is a dark and wicked place. And there are people looking. You ain't got to go for it. There's people looking for an answer that this world cannot give them. And they're looking for somebody to come by their way and show them what that way is. And they're asking and praying, Lord, send somebody to show me that there is more to this than what the news media, what the world is saying. There is more to this. And my friends, you've got a story to tell. He says, but I'm just, I, I'm a nobody. I don't got much to tell. But you got, if you are saved, you've got a story to tell. They can argue, they can argue Bible all day long. But when you pause and say, hold on, there's something that you can't argue. And you cannot argue a testimony. If they say, well, you know, God come in my life and saved my soul. They can't argue that. They can't argue the change. But we see, here's the message, and I, I, I'll be out of the way. We see the preacher in missions. In verse number 35, the preacher in missions. And Jesus went all about the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues. That's the purpose of missions, is to preach 
and to teach unto, unto the people and show them Christ. But we see the preacher in missions, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest example we can ever have. We were having in Bible college the life of Christ. And that is, that's a life that you, you can have upteen semesters for and never cover 1% of the life of Christ. But we are studying the life of Christ in Bible college. And it's just amazing to sit back and just, just to read God's word about the life of Christ. But this is Christ. This is the Lord's prayer is that, that he would send forth laborers into the field. Brother Laddie, I'm convinced that God's call has not stopped. It's just our willingness has stopped. We don't want to go. And you may say, but if I surrender, then I've got to go here, I've got to go there. Not If you surrender, God may not call you anywhere. God may have you to stay here and just be a witness in Rossville, Chattanooga, and the surrounding areas. But I'm telling you, God just doesn't save you just to sit on a church pew. Brother Dye, if that was the case and God saved you and he was done with you, he, the Holy Spirit would have took a hammer and popped you on the head when you got saved and took you on to heaven. But he left you here for a purpose. He left you here for a reason. And that is to tell others about Christ. And we are failing in this day and time. You says, but we can always, Brother Brown, we can always blame Washington. We can always blame Biden. We can always blame everything on, on White House and Washington. But it's the church's fault that we're in this place and time. I'm telling you, if we'd have done our job, Things would have been different, Brother Wilson. If we would have told people, hey, there's another way. There's another way. And it's, his name is Christ. But if we would have told them, but you said, man, I, I just, I'm too shy. I can't do it. I'm, I'm too bashful. That person looks a little rough. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to them and, and tell them because they may not receive it as well. But I'm telling you, we have got a command from the Lord to tell people about the gospel. But we see the mission in missions. We see the preacher in missions. We see the place in missions in verse number 35. And it says, And Jesus went all about the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues. I'm telling you, God's got a place for you. He's got a purpose for you, brother lad. He has got a purpose. He's got a plan for you. Like I said, His plan is not for you just to be saved. And we, are, we are, should be glad that we are truly born again. We should shout and we should rejoice. But there should also be a sadness in our hearts, Brother Brian, as, as we testify about it, that you are enjoying Wednesday night service. And I praise God for letting me be in Wednesday night service. I love Wednesday night church. But there are some people around this world that don't get this privilege and don't get this honor to be in church. There are some people that don't get the privilege of reading their Bible. And many people have four or five Bibles that's got dust on them. We say, man, I just I don't want to read it today. I can do one day without it. When people are starving for it, but they have nobody to come and tell them. That should break our hearts. As we walk the streets of the town of, of Chattanooga, Rossville, and we always make jokes about how bad Rossville is and Chattanooga. But why is it that bad? It's because the churches did not do their job. I'm telling you, and I know everybody won't receive Christ. I understand that. But that doesn't stop you from telling them. You've got a commandment. You've got a command to go and tell. We see the preacher in missions. We see the place in missions. But we see the passion in missions in verse number 36. It says, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. 
As I said earlier, we need compassion. The Great Commission is nothing without great compassion. If we have no compassion on the lost and dying world, then I'm telling you, the Great Commission is not going to affect you. You've got to be willing. You've got to say, without that, every person you're going to cross this evening, tonight, tomorrow, is a soul that is up for grabs. And the Lord wants them in heaven, but also the devil wants their soul in hell. And you are the one standing in between that could tell them about the gospel. I'm telling you, if we don't never go and we don't never tell, at the judgment seat, myself included, we're going to have some pretty bloody hands because we never told somebody about Jesus. And as I am, I am so excited to be in an independent Baptist church. I'm so excited to be saved. I'm so excited for all of that. But I'm telling you, as we sit here this evening, enjoying this, and as we should, there's a world out there that is lost and dying, looking for answers. I mean, they're looking for it. But if you have no compassion, and you have no passion behind what you're doing, why are you doing it? Can I ask that question? Why are you doing what you're doing? If you have no passion behind it, you says, and I'll use our, our church workday, for example, and you come in here, uh, if, I don't know, if multiple families vacuum the church, and, and you vacuum it, and you complain the whole time you're doing it. Man, why am I doing it? Man, I'm the only one that's doing it. Can I ask you something? Can I just tell you? Don't do it. We'll find somebody else. That was the problem. I'm telling you, back in North Carolina, we had a bunch of people griping and complaining. Oh, I'm the only one doing it. I'm the only one doing it. Well, just stop. We'll find somebody else. I'm tell- I, I hate to be so honest with you, but I can't stand being around somebody that complains 24-7. They have no compassion. All they do is want to talk bad about somebody. All they want to do is say, well, man, that guy looks rough. Well, man, that guy's just lost and dying going to hell. We'll do something about it. Show them that there is another way. Show them that, hey, you don't have to go that way. I'm telling you, I know we give to missions, and I praise God we give to missions. But there is more than just giving to missions, and that is for you to go. That is for you to tell. And I'm, 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 I'm telling you, you don't have to go to even a different state. It's right here in Rossville, right here in the surrounding areas that you can look out on the abroad. And as Jesus has said, as he looked on a multitude with compassion... If we don't have compassion, then what we're doing is in vain, brother laddie. And you're going to dread what you're doing. If you don't love what you're doing, you're going to dread it for the rest of your life. That's why if I can go and give you some solid advice, just go ahead and and, and don't do it. Because we'll find somebody else biting at the bit, wanting to do it. Biting at the bit, just ready to do it. Ready to serve. I'm telling you, I, I get to serve. I get to stand up here and preach. I don't have to... Brother, Brother Di, I don't have to get ready for church on Wednesday night. I get to. I get to be in the service tonight. I get to, to hear the singing, the, the songs of, of Zion. I get to, to sing in the youth choir by God's grace. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve it. I should be the one out there begging for somebody to come tell me the gospel. But I, by God's grace, was born in a, house, in a God-fearing house, took us to church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every time the church doors was open, I was there. And it's by God's amazing grace that I've got that testimony. As I was up in New England, and I I was telling my testimony, 
There's a whole lot of people that said, man, I ain't got that testimony. That said, man, I wish I had that testimony. And I got to sit back, nothing on me. It's all by God's grace. And I got to sit back and say, you know what, Lord? I shouldn't have this testimony. It's by God's amazing grace. There's nothing you can do. I'm telling you, it's all by God's amazing grace. I could have been born in a third world country, not never hearing the gospel, dying and going to hell, but God had mercy. God had grace to let me be born where I'd hear the preaching of the Word of God. But I'm telling you, passion is what we need. And like I'll say it again, the Great Commission is nothing without, the, uh, without great compassion. But we see number four, we see the problem in, in missions. Verse number 36, or verse number 37. We see the problem in missions. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. The problem is not with God. God's, God's still calling. The pro- problem is with the laborers not wanting to go. That's the problem of missions. It's not enough people is standing up and saying, Hey, I'll go. You know, I may, I may never get to see my family again, but I'll go. I'll sacrifice for the Lord. I'm telling you, if we, if we were to be men of God as, as David Livingston, as, as those older missionaries in days gone by, they was willing to go. You says, but that's David Livingston. Man, that, that's somebody great. And he's a man just like you and me. Yes, sir. The, only problem, the only difference between him and us is he was willing to go. Yes, and we, we are comfortable. We have gotten, brother, we have gotten so comfortable that we have, I don't believe the church is dead, by no means. And I'm not talking about Bible Baptist Church, I'm talking about churches in general. I don't believe the church is dead, I just believe the church is asleep. And we're sleeping while the world is dying and going to hell. And we says, five more minutes, Lord. We keep hitting the snooze button, hitting the snooze button, hitting the snooze button. Five more minutes, ten more minutes. We need to wake up and realize where we are at. It's not going to be long, Brother Die. It's not going to be long before he comes back and gathers his children on. And as I am excited for him to return, there's also a sad part that I, I sometimes I just sit and weep, Brother Brian. That man. I was talking with the pastor Sunday morning. And he sat, he sat there and was, and was telling me over, over lunch, he says, I've always wondered, he says, I've always wondered how people will respond with so many people just vanishing just like that. And we know that there'll be a strong delusion. He says, I understand that. He says, but I've always wondered about that. He says, but then it really struck me. He says, maybe there's not going to be as many people going up as we realize. I'm telling you, not only do you need to go tell, you need to make sure that you say it first of all, because you've got to have a story to tell. But if you have a story to tell, you better tell others because time is running out. God is getting ready to come back. And God waits for no man. He wants everybody to be saved that will be saved. But He sure ain't going to delay His return, His coming. You, can, you, can, you don't even have to go for it. You can look at what's going on in the world and say, The Lord is coming back, and He's coming back quick. But what do we do? We always like to say it, but we don't have any action behind it. Because if we really believe that he was coming back as quick as what we think he's coming back, we'd get to work. We would reach our communities. 
And I'm talking to myself too, Brother Brian. I'm talking to myself too. We would actually reach the lost and dying world. I've got lost loved ones in my family. Uh, and you may have lost loved ones in your family. I'm pretty sure you do. But who's going to tell them? That responsibility on my family is not Brother Brian, but it's on me. Uh, this family in North Carolina, that they say they're saved, but I see no fruit. And I just, I, I sit and worry. Who's going to be accountable for that? It's not going to be y'all. It's going to be me. Because I was the one that was in North Carolina. I was the one to spend time with them. Now I know we live in a day and in, in time, we love to talk about everything else other than the gospel. How many times, how many hours do you spend with somebody? And if we were to go back and ask them, hey, can I ask you what that person talked, to, talked about the most? And if they say, man, he, he talked a whole lot about sports, he talked a whole lot about hunting, fishing, and as I, li- I love those, those are, those are great things in his place. But if you never tell them about the gospel, then you have wasted your chance. And you have wasted an opportunity that you may never get back. But we see the problem in missions. I'm telling you, the problem's not God. God God wants to send. God wants to call. But He's not going to make you. You're going to have to be willing and say, Lord, I don't know where I'll go. I don't know. You, You may, like I said, you may surrender and God may send you nowhere. He may have you to reach this community. But then again, on the flip side, don't use that as, a, as an excuse. You may surrender, and God may send you to a third world country. God may send you wherever. But you've got to be willing. But we see lastly, we see the prayer in missions. Verse number 38, it says, Pray ye, therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. I love that last two words. His harvest. You know how much pressure that takes off of me, Brother Brian? That is His harvest. All I've got to do is just go. And He'll take care of the rest. You know how easy that is? Brother Lada, He has equipped us. He has given us everything we need to win the battle. And what do we do? We still lose. Why do we lose? Because we're not using what God's given us. And I'm, glad, I'm so glad if it said if it said send forth laborers into their harvest, I would have said there is no way, no how, I'm going to be able to do this. There is no way, no how. But that says my Bible says His harvest. So I'm telling you, we've got a promise, brother Brian. We've got a promise in missions that He will do what He says He's going to do. All He's looking for. It's just a, a hand raise. I'll go. Send me. I know we've got missions camp coming up in a couple weeks. And I, I thank the Lord for that. But you ain't got to wait till missions camp. You can say, man, I, I'm willing to go. I'll go anywhere. Just show me. And the Lord will, I'm telling you, He will, he will come through each and every time. The gospel is good news. The gospel is good news in a world of nothing but bad news. Each and every day, hour upon hour, uh, the people need to know some good news in this day and time. And the good news is the gospel. The the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's good news. 
That's good news in this day and time. And it's good news for all times. In a world of nothing but bad news, people need to hear about the good news. But they can't turn on the TV and find it. It's going to have to come by you. I'm, God can do whatever He wants to do. And we hear, we hear the saying a lot. I'm trying to quit. I really am. But God has placed this on my heart. We, we, we hear a lot about everybody saying, I can't. And I, I know you can't. I can't. But the Lord, He can. I'm telling you, I'm glad that, that God uses the church. I'm glad. I know what we mean when we say God doesn't need me. But God does need you. He needs you to carry out His work. God could do whatever He wanted to do. But it's by the mercies of God He says, I want to use the church. And I'm not talking about the, the walls. and I'm not talking about the building. The church is you. He wants to use you to get His work done. And I'm telling you, it's His work, His harvest. All you've got to do is just go and tell them. But we see, and I'm, I'm closing here. What is the mission of missions? What is the purpose of it? It's to tell them about the good news. Tell them about the gospel. That's all the, all the mission. And we, we, we try to complicate things. But really the mission of missions is to tell them about the gospel. Tell them about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you, if you never go, you never tell them, and they lost and they're dying and going to hell, and they're standing in line for the judgment seat, and they see you, and they're going to say, why didn't you tell me? I worked with you day in, day out. I did. I, 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 was, I crossed your path many times. I knew you in the community. Why didn't you tell me? And you're going to stand as such as I and lower our head. Knowing good and well we had opportunities upon opportunities, but we just didn't do anything. I'm telling you, we, we better get busy because God's coming back. And He's going to eventually get sick and tired of the games. He's going to get sick of them. You can only play so many games. But I'm telling you, if you're here lost, and you don't got a story to tell, you can get a story tonight. The Lord wants to save you. I love, and I'm trying to quit. I want to say this and I'm done. I love seeing newborn Christians. I love seeing them and growing. They are, they just, they are so excited. They don't, care, uh, they don't care if the roughest person known to mankind comes by their way. They're going to stop them and tell them about the gospel. I love seeing, I love, I love seeing new Christians, new, newborn Christians come on visitation. I love it because the passion that's behind them. The passion that's behind them. Or you, maybe you'd be here and you say, man, I've lost my passion. I've lost my compassion. Well, you can get it back. You can get it back. But we've got a job to do. Please, let's not waste no more time.